and Eve Sarianos. Hello, I'm Emily Gilmarrett. Hi, I'm Adam Gifford. This is the School of School podcast. So the question is, I, we, I get asked often, and I, I imagine lots of people do, what's your take on marking, right? You know, what's the, what's the best way to do it? How does it work? And it's, it's multifaceted, but one thing that comes up is the use of different colours in marking. So you might have different experiences of this, right? It, whether it's as a, as a parent, people you know, working in school, seeing it in different books and whatever. The question I want to pose to you is this. Marking, how many colours is enough to mark books? So I'll throw it out there to the first bidder. Don't know if it's <laughs> going to be Andy or Emily, but okay. Well, I don't know. I don't. I, you know, like I've actually never really thought about. It. I was actually quite surprised the first time I ran into this because, you know, I my experience in school was that there was only ever one color it was always red and it was always showing you what you got wrong right that that was my experience with marking as or the only thing that i remember as a as a student or a pupil i'm sure i know that that's now almost become i suppose a science and art uh certainly something that lots of people have opinions on um i've never really thought about it but i don't know i mean what's your take emily so, um, I love stationery. So, uh, you know, I could see how there's a lot of people out there that, you know, I'm not, um, I teach at higher education level, but I don't teach for, um, the little kids. Um, but I do know a lot about my, I've seen a lot of books in my time and I know teachers have opinions and, um, I understand this. I love stationery. So I see some teachers get very excited by all the different colours that you could potentially have. And um, yeah, kind of who, who is that kind of for? That's one thing. It's a bit naughty of me, but that, that's true. You know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm deadly serious about that. I've seen marking where the different colours, you know, the highlighter pens, you know, delineate like certain like different things. So, you know, the teacher's got a system that you know, this is, this one might be the spelling, this might be, you know, this is another thing to look at, this is a good thing, and then at the bottom it kind of reminds you, the then you've got your conclusion with your colours, like your key, and then what they're trying to advise at. It looks pretty fancy on the page, and I have to say, I have experienced one, on one occasion, parents loving it. I'm not sure whether the children, like, um, got anything out of it. I mean, again, I'm being a little bit controversial, a little bit cheeky, got a little issue, as you can probably tell about it, but, what I found fascinating was it delivered for the parents because they felt that that was a very diligent marking job that was being that that was being done there. You know that made them feel good because they felt that their children's work was being well marked. It didn't matter what what the the mark was or what the viewpoint was, but somehow there was a lot of. I found this really interesting. It was a little turning point for me in my views of marking. But what I loved was the the parents, the fact that they bought into this. This, the look of it, it was good. This is deep marking. Um, I also find people like, um, and I'm gonna pronounce her name wrong, is it Daisy Krista Dulu? And she's been doing that, she's part of the No More Marking. You know, there's this, there's this now, there's like a, a lot that's been done on like No More Marking. Uh, we don't need to, 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 to mark it. And, and arguably 
maybe there is no colours on there than Andy on the other extreme, that that's not, that's not necessary and, and it's the, the, the feedback that we give in other ways that, that is required. So from rainbow marking to no colours at all, I don't know where I, where I sit on it. But you can tell I have some issues around some of the pretty pages that I see marked. I see stuff like that and I think of teacher workload. Freaks me out. I think because it's, again, I'm a bit broken record with this, right? But I always, like, show me the evidence. Show me, like, if you've got, if you've got a school that does really well with no marking and a school that does really well and they use five different colours, I want to I know what, why. Did the marking or not marking have anything to do with it? Or did it happen, did the learning happen even before you got to the marking stage? And I know that there's been phases. Like, a lot of teachers nod their head to this, were two stars and a wish. Yeah, that, that, was, that was a key one. Now, I'm not saying that these are, uh, these are bad things. You know, like, it points out two things that you've done really well, and I wish you had have done this a bit better. So, so this sort of phraseology when it comes to marking, it almost like it just... It captures the imagination of everyone and you want to get on board with it or use green pens for your targets and use blue pens for this and purple pens for this one over here because we don't want to use red anymore because that upsets the children and you kind of think maybe that's just because it upset you as a, as a, as a child and now you're an adult and you can get to make those decisions. You get rid of the red pens because I didn't like it when I was a kid because I always used to mark my spelling wrong, you know? So I've got a bit of an issue with that. So I kind of, I, I, I think... I. I just wonder, I just wonder about things like this is, is, are we focusing on the right, like, what is the impact at the end of the day? What, what, how many marking policies have been developed without the children being involved? I don't know. Like, do we just say, well, no, they won't like red. And I've heard a child say, we quite like red because it's easier to see than purple, Mr. Gifford. <laughs> okay. That kind of just makes sense. I can read it. So I, I, I don't know, I, I, but, but when I do see highly elaborate marking, the first thing that goes through my mind is if I was a teacher, and particularly if I was starting as a teacher, would the time it took me to mark to that level of presentation, would that be better off spent with me learning my trade and about a subject? Or if I was marking something that was about creative writing, I wonder if that time could have been reduced somewhat and, and I could have learnt how to support children learn creative writing a wee bit better rather than spending a huge amount of time marking. So I just think we need to be careful and we need to make sure that the time we put into it is worth it and we need to, to put those checks and balances in to make sure that it is. Here's a, so this, this came up once when we were doing a lesson study. The question was around journals, right? And someone asked a question, do you mark the journals? And it wasn't really a clear answer, but was, you know, a few people kind of voiced their opinions about it and stuff. And I think the, 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 the question that resonated with me, or the, the point that somebody made uh, that really resonated with me was, why, why do they write the journals? Is it so that you can assess them, or is it part of the learning process and do you expect them to have well-formulated ideas at that stage? Because if you're throwing the journaling up at the beginning of the lesson, so you hear we do this discovery thing, then you're going to do some journaling, right? But they don't really have the idea yet. This is now part of the learning process. So is it even fair to mark the journal? Because really what you want is you want that journal to be owned by the child, 
and you want it to be a learning tool of theirs, where they write their maybe their unstructured ideas as they're wrestling with this new concept, then is it fair to point out their errors and, you know, is that, are you helping? Like, what's the point of the marking, right? I remember being small and, you know, keeping in mind, like, I, you know, I know I, every opportunity I get, I, I, I talk about how miserable my, my childhood experience was. And that's not true, actually. I, I, I actually enjoyed going to school. I just wasn't good at it. I remember writing as a small child and being so excited about this story that was inside of me that was coming out and I was so proud of it. And then you get that piece of paper back from the teacher and it looks like the M25 at rush hour, right? You know, it's just a bunch of red marks everywhere, like brake lights. And it's like, it's really deflating, right? It's like, well, I thought I was pretty good. But now you're telling me it was actually kind of rubbish. Is it where? It, that's interesting, Andy, because it's where it is as well. So you, you've made me think about my youngest son. I told, I, I've, I sometimes tell stories, but one that was a bit of a, a light bulb moment for me, and he'd done a painting. So this is like when he was in year one, a long time ago now. You, no, no, probably younger than that, actually. But anyway, he'd done this painting, um, and it had, you know, had this lovely message on the front of the painting, like, you know, great work, Albie, I love your whatever it was. Such a sweet message, you know, and there's mum, there's me, oh, what a lovely teacher, you know, she's so nice, said nice things about my child's painting, you know, it's so wonderful. He just, it's been damaged as far as he was concerned. His canvas had been, <laughs> been ruined by, by, by this, How these scribbles. Yeah, it's really, it's like, it was fascinating because I thought, for him, he would have been happy to have been told that or, or maybe have it written on the back. It's just as you were saying that, it was like the M25 and they'd scribble over all my work. And I was thinking sometimes maybe we forget what the power of, of the pen entering the space that has been written or drawn on. It's really interesting. But I think the other thing too, like, so we're talking a lot about, say, corrections, yeah, when things go wrong. One of the most beautiful pieces of writing I have ever, ever read, both primary and secondary school, but happened to be a year six girl, Izzy. Oh, I'm probably going back a good 20 years now. I wrote, I read this piece of writing and it utterly floored me. It was beautiful, simple. There wasn't a single word, like, the, like, the number of words she used was perfect. Not a word less, not a word more utterly perfect we put it against the sats marking criteria and it was pretty crap and if i put it against the marking and i was doing two stars and a wish i would have to do like a throwaway wish thing to say i wish you could write like this every day is it but that piece of writing was not an everyday piece of writing it was a stunning wonderful piece of writing that 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 you I don't know, you're lucky to produce once or twice in a lifetime. She happened to do it when she was 11 years old. And so I think that, I think that again, this is that whole thing around, you know, we've got, the, I know the sets are different, but it's still a form of marking. You're still going to mark it and make decisions based on a criteria. And that is what marking's about. We, every day when we take books home, we are marking to a criteria. And we're, we're, we, you know, like we're in that routine and we do it. And I think sometimes we've just got to accept as well that there's stuff that just doesn't fit into that. And actually, you know, I, I would have spoken to Izzy the same way I'm speaking about it now, very passionately, because it did it, knocked me for six, eh? I couldn't wait to see her appear. I told everyone, oh, you know, not a person didn't get dragged in that day to read that piece of writing. Stunning. But also to remind all of us 
that actually who gives a toss about the criteria sometimes you know who genuinely cares about that when you've got something like that yeah and, and so I, I just think yeah we, we, often with marketing it's, it's referred to too much oh there's too much going on and all that sort of stuff but I also just think it limits saying do you know what that's pretty special and that that's that's what what more do you need to do when you when you see that and, and children know you're sincere when you say stuff too you know I think that if, if something moves you like that piece of writing did yeah, you, you, that's that's better than that's better than any marking you know setup that you're gonna you're gonna do. So how many colors is now? <laughs> oh, truth. <laughs> well, like, you know, I think it comes down to it comes down to you got to use your professional judgment. Is what you're doing is it helping the child learn? If it isn't, then just stop doing it, right? Yeah, yeah. If you can't see how this is going to help anybody, then why are you doing it, right? And then, and, and the answer to that might be because you know I don't know my head teacher said I have to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And then in which case, well, tough. Right? Yeah. do it. Yeah, don't complain. There's no right answer. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, but remember, fight your corner when you have a piece like Izzy's. That's what I'd say. Just as a wee reminder, you know, just just use those to to evaluate and interrogate a policy. Yeah, but Adam, how lucky was Izzy to have you? I think. Oh, I don't know. I think anyone would have been moved by her writing, in fairness. Thanks, guys. Thank you for joining us on the School of School podcast.